Hey, we're glad to have you here with us today at One Chapel. We're a church in Kyle that helps people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. You can learn more about One Chapel and the things God is doing here at onechapel.com. Now, here's this week's message. Uh, are you ready to study the scriptures? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah good. I'm so glad. Um, you know, I, you, most of you know that I came from Colorado Springs, and um, we, I was a youth pastor there for about 10 years. Um, and there was a, while I was growing that student ministry there, they were growing a college ministry. A bunch of us young guys got all hired in the year 2000, and we showed up at this church, and we started to kind of take on these ministries, and one of my friends was developing the college group for that church. And so it was kind of fledgling, you know, it hadn't been doing very well, but now it was growing, and it was starting to expand, and more people were coming. They were filling out the room that they were in, and it was very exciting. And what they would do every week is they would have a message, kind of like we have here, and then at the end of that message, what they would do is they would record the message, and they would put it onto what we used to call cassette tapes. Some of you don't even know what that is. Don't worry about it. It's just old, outdated technology that your parents used. And so we would, we would, (laughs) yes, it's true. So we would... We would uh, put it on cassette tapes, and then they would put those cassette tapes in envelopes and mail them out to the mailing list. That's a couple hundred people. And so uh, my good friend John, who led worship in the student ministry, he was leading worship at that group one night. It's called The Mill. And he was there leading worship, and it wasn't going very well, frankly. Like, they just were a bunch of college kids, and they just kind of looked at him like this. And so he got done, and he was a little discouraged, and so he walked off the stage, and he met up with the speaker for that night, Rob Stennett, who you just saw in the video here just a few moments ago with Jansen. So Rob Stennett was speaking on that evening. You may not know this, but Rob and I go back a long, long, long ways. And so Rob's speaking that night. He's mic'd up just like I am. He's standing in the back while somebody's doing announcements, and John was saying, man, Rob, that was rough. I mean, they just didn't care. They just weren't there. They weren't worshiping with me. What, what was going on? And, and Rob kind of looked over at John. And he said, yeah, man, I know. The mill's a bunch of jerks, except he didn't say jerks. But I'm not going to tell you what he said. But it wasn't as bad as you think it said, but it was still not good. Yeah, the mill's a bunch of jerks. And so then he went up and he spoke. And, and so the, the next, the, it was the next day, the pastor of that group stormed into Rob's office. And what was he holding? A cassette tape. And he stormed into his office, and he put the tape in, and he pushed play, and he stared down Rob. And on the tape, it said, yeah, it opened with, yeah, the mill's a bunch of jerks. (laughs) Only he didn't say jerks, he said something else, but I'm not going to tell you what he said, but it's not as bad as you think, but it was bad. (laughs) And that had already been mailed out to all of the mailing list. (laughs) And Rob was in trouble. When you see Rob, you need to talk to him about that story, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes our words get us in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I, John and actually those two guys I mentioned, John and Rob, we were buying some supplies for our student ministry one afternoon. We were at Walmart. And we walked in. It's real weird being a youth pastor and buying supplies. These guys know about it. But like you'll go to Walmart and you'll come up to the checkout with like 100 foam pool noodles and like 300 cans of cream of mushroom soup and like eight octopus. And it's really weird. And so you, you pull up, and, and so you're starting to check out. So, so we were doing this, and I pulled up with my stuff, and there was a nice young woman, probably mid-20s, 25 or so, and she was going to check out. And so she started to scan our items. She said, she, she, she looked at me, and she said, how are you today? And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, poor lady. She doesn't feel very good. And so she was, scanning. you're having a good day. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's 25. You're cute, you know, young. So she's scanning and scanning. And so she, she finishes and says, that'll be, that'll be uh, 103, 26. 
And I was like, okay, great. So I paid. And so John, Glenn, John and, and Rob and me were all standing there. And so I, I got the receipt and I said, hey, thank you very much. And by the way, I hope you feel better. And she goes, this is the way I talk. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but what didn't help was Rob and John, my two good friends standing beside me. And they both went, <laughs> and they ran away. They literally ran away laughing. <laughs> While I was standing there, I'm so, so sorry. Our words get us in trouble sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You've experienced this from time to time. Um, we're in the middle of this series in James, and we're working through the book of James, and today we're in James chapter 3. And it's been a lot of fun so far, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but James hits hard. If you were here last week, James hits hard. Uh, this is one of the most practical books in the New Testament, and really in the scriptures, and um, it's kind of a how-to manual for the Christian life. But James is hitting us so very hard. Now, it's interesting because James, the most, most scholars think that James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this book. And so James, he didn't actually believe that Jesus was who he said he was early on in his younger days. James was embarrassed by Jesus along with many other members of the family. James didn't buy it. James thought, oh, I just wish he would stop embarrassing us and doing all these things. They wanted to restrain him and not send him out to do the things that he was doing. So Jesus, he dies on the cross, he's, he's, he rises from the dead, he comes back, and he's making his appearances after the resurrection, and in 1 Corinthians we read that it says, he appeared to a bunch of people, and then he appeared to James. He went and sought out his brother, and he appeared to him and said, James, and James believed. He became, of course, the, the leader of the church there in Jerusalem, and, and wrote us this book, like an amazing story, but I wonder if that's what makes James so hard-hitting. For so long, he didn't believe that his brother was who he said he was, and then all of a sudden, he believed, and now he's got to get the message out, and we're all the beneficiaries of that, of course, as we get punched in the face as we read James. So today, in James chapter 3, we're going to get punched in the face again by James, so buckle up, everybody. <laughs> we're going to talk about words and the power of our tongue, and this is a big subject. It's a big subject because we like to talk a lot. There's no shortage of words in our world today. It seems like everybody's got something to say and lots of different platforms to be able to say it. And some people talk a lot, some more than others. Studies, you know, there's some old studies that said that um, men speak about 7,000 words a day. Have you heard this thing? They said men speak about 7,000 words a day and then they kind of run out and that's all they got. And for some guys, you got to include like grunts and moans <laughs> to get to 7,000 even because they're so quiet. And then the studies have said that women have 20,000 words to share every day. And they love to share those with their husbands and others and everyone. And so that's why when husbands come home, they don't have any words left. They've been working all day. They're quiet. So they just walk in and all they've got is, mm. hey, babe, how was your day? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's really nice. But the lady has been, she's been, the wife has been stuck with these kids all day long and just having a few words like, stop it, don't do that, quiet, stop it, leave me alone, all day long. And so she's got lots of words that are left. And so she wants to share them all, and he doesn't have anything to share back. Some of you have actually experienced this in your life before. Uh, I heard a story about one guy who he was asked, uh, do you resent the fact that your wife always has the last word? And he said, no, man, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. <laughs> That's not my story. That's it. I, just, I just heard that one day. I just heard that one day. 
In reality, there's much more to this idea. This is kind of old, antiquated ideas, I think, of this number of words thing. Because there's lots of studies that show that men have just as many words, and the setting matters, and, and all of that. So I, I don't want to get too far into that old, antiquated stuff. I think it's just stereotypes. But, but, what <laughs> but, but the reality is, is that there is an issue with words. There's a lot of talking going on in our words and when, in our worlds, and when there's many words, trouble is not far off. You probably know somebody like this who constantly sticks their foot in their mouth. Just look straight ahead. Don't look at your spouse. Don't just look straight ahead. Look straight at me right here. Look up here. <laughs> many of us have that natural ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's like the grocery store clerk. A woman came in and said, hey, uh, can I just buy like half a head of lettuce? And irritated, he's like, oh, my gosh. So he walked over to the manager, didn't know the lady was following him, walked over to the manager and said, hey, there's some old hag out here that wants to buy half a head of lettuce. Turned around and saw her and said, and this lovely lady would like to buy the other half. <laughs> That's funny to you. Why? Because you've done it. <laughs> Our mouths get us in a lot of trouble, and it's not just kind of these silly slip-ups that happen, honestly. There's a lot more serious stuff that happens. You come home from work and you're irritated and you let your wife have it. You yell at her for something that's gone wrong during the day. And you hurt her. We, we fly off the handle with our kids and we, we wound them with the things that we say. We're meeting up with friends and, and we, we, we're too harsh with them and we can destroy them with our words. We're hanging out with coworkers and they do something wrong at work and we just let them have it. We bring destruction wherever we are. Our mouths really do get us into a lot of trouble, and that trouble, it affects the people that we love. James talks about this in, in James chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read a chunk of scripture here, so bear with me. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. <laughs> that doesn't happen. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the, the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Whoo, welcome to church, everybody. <laughs> James is trying to help us out with this idea, though it may not feel like it to you yet. And what he's giving is three reasons why we need to learn to manage our mouth. And the first thing he says here is, is that my tongue, it determines my direction. The way that I speak, it determines my direction. Your tongue has a tremendous influence and control over your life. And he illustrates it with two analogies to describe the tongue's immense power. He says, the tongue is it's like a bit in a horse's mouth. James 3.3, 3, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. I just witnessed this just at, on spring break. We went down to Zach and Misty's business, Southern Trails, and rode some horses with our family. You all should go. Go check them out, Southern Trails. Shameless plug. Okay, so 
And Misty is just, she is a consummate professional. Like, it's just amazing. She just, there's a, one horse that was being a, just a little skittish, and so she jumps up on it, and she just is making it do whatever she wants it to do. It wants to do its own thing, and she just, yeah, she pulls it over and makes it turn in this really tight circle. And then it went, and she does it again. And it tries, and she does it again. I'm getting dizzy. She, she just keeps doing it, and she just has complete mastery over this animal. And I was so amazed. So much though, so that she says to Maria, this horse was acting a little funny, and so she said, hey, Maria, just do this, and just kind of pull it, and make it a tight circle, kind of show it who's boss, show it that you're in charge. And my wife, who hasn't ridden horses for years, she just, she just eats, boom, she does the same thing, and just controls that animal. Why? Because of the bit in the horse's mouth. She can do it. It's amazing to me. Misty, you're pretty incredible. <laughs> One of her many talents. You can control this horse with a small piece of metal stuck strategically over his tongue. And James says, your tongue is like that in your life. One little word or one little phrase can influence the overall direction of your life. He also says the tongue, it's like a rudder on a ship. James 3, 4. Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Some of you may be familiar with the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. This massive, massive ship. I think I've got a, a picture of it. This massive ship, it has three acres of recreational space. The anchor is equal to uh, the weight of 10 cars. This huge ocean liner that is steered by one small rudder in the back. It's also haunted, by the way, apparently. So I don't know if you want to go, but just go cast them all out. Anyway, <laughs> really ruin their business, but whatever. We, we want people free. Okay, what do we, uh, yes, keep going. One small rudder on the back of that can steer it and send it wherever the pilot wants to go. And James says, that's what your tongue is like. It's a rudder that steers and directs the course of your life. He says, ships are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Notice that word, steered. He says, your tongue, it's the steering wheel of your life. It is the guidance system. It is what directs where your life is going to. Which means, if you don't like the way your life is headed, it's time to change the way you talk. Welcome to church, everybody. My, my nana, who lived in Long Beach, actually, uh, she, that's how I, I became acquainted with the Queen Mary, really. Um, she was always very much into faith and positive words. So I would feel a little bit sick when I was a kid, and I would say, uh, Nana, I don't feel good. And she would say, nope, you're not allowed to say that. I want you to say, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> nana, I don't want to say it. <laughs> nana, I don't say it. I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> Good. She would never, never let us say anything negative about our lives. Why? Because she believed that it was like a steering wheel steering the course of my life. The second thing James says, he says that my tongue can wreck my world. <laughs> my tongue can wreck my world. James 3, 5 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Your tongue is like that, a small spark that can start a raging fire. Over the course of this past year, we saw a whole bunch of fires all over the nation. It just seemed like the whole country was on fire for a little while. And of course, that's, a, that's an issue for us here in Texas in the heat of the summer, that season we call hell. It's just the, there's always a danger, there's always a danger of that happening around here, that large areas can be destroyed overnight by fire. And James is saying your words are like that. A careless word, one careless word can destroy a life overnight. 
just like that. And not just your life, but literally all the other lives around you. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed a marriage, have destroyed a career, have destroyed a kid. Uh, we've seen this even just recently in several different examples. Uh, uh, you see it on Twitter. The old, old, old tweets from 10, 15 years ago, they get dragged back up when people said foolish things in their past, and it ruins their careers today. There was a big deal with Kevin Hart over the Oscars. Do you remember this? And he said some things, and yeah, and yeah he said some bad things, but, but, but it ruined his opportunity to advance his career in a way. There's lots of names like this, just people that have said one careless thing, and it's ruined their lives. The issue is not whether they said something good or bad. No, they've said bad things. They said bad things, and it ruined their careers. Proverbs 18.20 says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Yeah, I just wanted that to settle for a second. Whew, I don't like it. Thanks a lot, James. That's actually Proverbs, but still. It says, your, your words can set off a destructive chain reaction in your life. And they do, and most of you have seen it. You can say something you didn't mean, you didn't think it would have any harm, and it can have devastating effects that are beyond your control, and you can't ever get them back. Our words set off chain reactions like this all the time. Proverbs 21, 23 says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. That's good advice, everybody. And then James says the third thing. He says, my tongue, it reveals the real me. My tongue reveals the real me. What comes out of my mouth reveals my actual character. It reveals what's really residing inside here. James says, I can prove it to you too. I can prove that this is a reality by how inconsistent we are in our speech. James 3 verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. The highest use of our words is to praise God, just like we did here this morning, offering up praise and gratitude and thanksgiving. So we do, we come here on Sunday, and we sing praises, and we worship God, and we're, oh, hallelujah, we're singing along and enjoying it until we leave here and we get out into the parking lot. And then our kids are acting up, I'm hungry, where are we going to eat? They sound just like that. And so it goes from, oh, if, if uh, uh, how's that song go? If, uh, if, if all reveals your nature, so will I. Shut up! It goes from that to that. <laughs> it's true. We say one thing here, and we're worshiping. We walk out, and we can't even get out of the, can't get out of the parking lot without, oh, blue, look at this guy. Look at that. Oh, just pick a lane, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's hard to get, make that curve out there onto the frontage road sometimes. There's a bunch of cars coming. Gah! All day, Kyle's just getting too full of people. This is ridiculous. Can't even leave church. <laughs> kind of reveals what's in there. Can anybody else relate to this? Is this just me? Because this is me. I'm telling you, this is me. And James says, the reason we have this struggle is because this inconsistency. It's because what's really going on inside of here. James 3.11, he says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The point here is that whatever inside the well, whatever in here comes out in the water. Whatever's in the well comes out in the water. Whatever's in the tree comes out in the fruit. You can't change it. 
So the problem really isn't my tongue. The problem is my heart. The problem really isn't here. The problem is what's inside. Because whatever's in here is eventually going to come out. Whatever you've been filling it with eventually is going to come out. And, and maybe for a time, you can kind of hold it at bay. For a time, you can fool everybody. But eventually, what's really in there is going to betray you, and it's going to come out, and people will see it. My words are going to let you know what I'm really like inside. So I have a heart problem. If I have a heart problem, that's going to come out. A person with a, a harsh tongue, if they have a harsh tongue, that means they probably have an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person that has an overactive tongue may have an unsettled heart. A person that has a boasting tongue probably has an insecure heart deep down. That guy at work that you can't stand because he's always talking about his latest project and the things that he did and, and how the boss is so pleased, he's just an insecure dude. He's got a heart problem, and it comes out in boasting. A person with a filthy tongue probably has an impure heart. A person with a critical tongue has a bitter heart. So this stuff, it comes out of us, and we try to excuse it away. Oh, 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 I don't know what came over me. I'm so sorry. That is not like me at all. I don't talk that way. I don't act that way. That is not my character. I'm totally different than that. I'm the opposite of that. I can't imagine what's come over me. And James would say, James would say, not me, James would say, yeah, it is like you. It's exactly like you. It's exactly who you are. You did mean it. You can't fool yourself. What's inside always comes out. You don't just have a spring in there that gives fresh water and then salt water. That's against natural law. What's in the well is what's going to come out of the well. Matthew 12, 34, for whatever is in your heart, it determines what you say. And Jesus said, what's inside you is what's going to come out. My tongue, my words, they just display who and what I am. Which means, if I've got a problem with my tongue, <laughs> it's more serious than I think. It's not just an issue with some words. If I've got an issue with my words, it, it's more serious than I think. So this is tough, everybody. This is tough. Thanks a lot, James. Yeah. I am not feeling encouraged so far, James. But there is good news. Amen. So I want to help you just a little bit with a few things that I think are important. If, what are we supposed to do? If we've got this issue, what are we supposed to do? The first thing that all of us need to do is, is to get a new heart. If the well is poisoned, if there's stuff in there that shouldn't be, we just got to get a new well. We got to get a new heart. Ezekiel 18.31 says, rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and get a new spirit. Get a new heart, get a new spirit. I can work on changing the outside all I want. I can work on this. I can try to, to turn over a new leaf. I can be accountable to people. I can use a swear jar. I can do whatever means I needed to try to control my mouth. But what I really, really need deep down is a change of heart. What I really need is a new heart. I can try to gut it out. I can try to make changes on my own. I can try to be accountable. But what I really need is for Jesus Come inside and change my heart. Heal me of my past hurts and offenses. Deliver me from the wounds that I've sustained over the course of my life. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. Just like David, we need to pray for God to create a new heart in us. Because what's in my heart is what comes out of my mouth. So I need a new well. I just got to get a new well. And then I got to keep filling up that well with the right things. And hey, everybody, the good news is 
is that the God that you serve is in the business of digging new wells. He gives you new, clean hearts. The second thing I think that we've got to do is not just get a new heart, but we've got to simply, and it's so simple, just ask God for help and ask him every day. Ask God for help. You can't do this on your own. I love Psalm 141.3. It says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. This is a great verse to memorize, by the way, and just quote every morning and pray over yourself. God, just put a muzzle on my mouth. I'm so ridiculous. God, guard my lips. Don't let me be an idiot today. Don't let me be critical today. Don't let me be judgmental of people today. Don't let me say things off the cuff that I'll regret. Don't let me just say, well, that's just the way that I am. I'm just honest. I'm blunt. No, you're a jerk. Stop it. Like, God, just help me. Help me to have grace today. Put a guard over my mouth. (laughs) Brent, relax. That was James, not me. Every day, every day. Every day, you just got to ask God for help. Just actually ask God for help. This isn't always our first response, though. We think, I can do it. This is ridiculous. I'm a grown man. I'm an adult. I can do it. I've got control. I can do this. I don't need nobody. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. I can do this. It's just some words. It's just not being mean to people. I can do that. And the reality is you can't because you got a well. Because there's stuff in there, and it always comes out. Now, it's not a big deal, Brent. Yeah, it is a big deal. We think we can do it ourselves, but we can't. We all need the power of God working within us. And the good news is, is that you have it all available to you. And all you have to do is ask. I think part of asking for help, actually, is just that you would spend some time and open up the word and read it. You just really open up the word and get some of his words into your life. If you're asking him, you need to take this step of consistently reading through the scriptures. Every morning, just getting it into you. Most of you are familiar with that old adage, garbage in, garbage out. Did you grow up hearing that all the time? Any good youth pastor worth his salt, if you grew up in church, would have told you that. Garbage in, garbage out. But it's true. What goes in your mind goes down in your heart. And what goes in your heart, it comes out of your mouth. So if you're filling your life with negativity and unforgiveness and just crazy stuff in media and too many Facebook posts and comments in the section, just or YouTube comments, oh, don't read YouTube comments, they're so terrible. Just all that stuff, just constantly filling up your life. That's the stuff that's going to come out. It's not just important to ask for help not to do the wrong thing. We need to fill up our minds with the right things. Look, some of you have probably seen something like this before. If you've been on Facebook or if you've watched YouTube or you know Mike Todd, shout out Mike Todd at Transformation Church, you've seen something like this on your feeds. But I do think that this is how it works. Stuff goes in your life. You, there's some, some negative words. Some bad stuff happens. You've got, ooh, you've got unforgiveness. It's bouncy. You've got, you know, uh, people hurt you and wound you. You spend too much time in the YouTube comments. You're a YouTube commenter. Oh, man, you should stop. It's just all, all this stuff, and it just kind of fills up your life. All this negativity, all this, whoa, wow, that's getting crazy. And it's spilling all over your whole life, and it's just filling you up filling you up with negative stuff. And so whenever anything goes wrong in your life, that's just the first thing. That's what comes out, and it hits you. (laughs) And so what I'm saying is you got to make some new decisions. you got to make some new choices because all of this negativity. And so you start asking, God, God, you got to help me. Give me a a new and clean heart. And he does. Immediately when you ask that, he gives you a new and clean heart. He does. He changes the well. But then... 
But then there's still, there may be some wounds. There may be some things. You may need to go through catalyst. You may need to show up at a retreat. You may need to kind of confess some things to others. You need to ask for healing and deliverance and let the power of God work in you. And as it does, it continues to. And then you're reading the scripture and it's kind of filling you up and changing you. And you know what starts to happen over time? As you pray, as you seek God, as you, as you work, as you fill up with the scriptures, as you let the life of Jesus get in you, all that stuff starts coming out. It starts working its way through. So you still got a few issues. You still show up here on the front of your own. Oh, I can't believe, Kyle. Oh, Austin, what are we going to do? Nope. You just stop saying that kind of stuff. God, help me. Guard my mouth. Guard my tongue. Help me, Lord. Help me. And he just keeps filling you up, and you just keep getting filled and filled and filled and filled and filled and filled until all of it is finally gone. And you've got a clean well, and now your language changes. Now you're kind to your spouse. Now you're good with your kids. Now you're taking care of your coworkers. And my favorite part is, is that as you continue to do this, you're asking God, put a filter over my mouth. You're spending time in the Word and Scriptures. And so that negative stuff comes at you. Somebody wounds you. Somebody offends you. Some negativity wants to come and fill and poison your well. And, oh, <laughs> and <laughs> they can't do it. It can't, it can't get in there. I'm going to break something. i got to stop. That's what happens when you allow the Spirit of God to come and fill you. That's what happens when you allow Him to put a new well in you. That's what happens when you keep filling up with all the right things. And this is what we want to be as a church, so that our words mean something, they matter, and we speak with kindness and grace to the community around us. And the final thing, of course, that will help us with all this that James says is, is hey, look, everybody, just, just stop. And would you just think before you speak? Literally, just stop. Some of you, you just need the count to 10 rule. You just need it. Just stop. Okay. One, two, three, four. You just need to do it. You need to pause before you say anything. James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Did you see the progression here? They go in order. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Take time with your words and slow to become angry, which means if you'll just be quick to listen, if you can master it, if you can, with the help of Jesus, if you can master being, being quick to listen, it means you'll automatically be slow to speak. If you can be quick to listen, you will automatically be slow to speak. And if you can be slow to speak, you will be much slower to becoming angry. But this is not our M.O., This is not who we are as a culture. We are slow to listen. Are you like this? Somebody's giving you an argument and you're just, all right, you're just thinking what you're going to say. Oh, I I don't even know what you're saying right now because I'm just about to nail you with this comment. It's going to be so good. Ooh, I just just can't wait to type this out to you because I don't even remember what your post was about, but I'm going to let you have it. We are slow to listen. We are quick to speak. We are quick to type. We are quick to become angry. We live in an age of outrage. Everyone is outraged all the time. We get angry first. We're quick to speak, and we don't listen. We are the people of God. That is not who we're called to be. We are the ones who are quick to listen. We are slow to speak. We are slow to become angry you've got a problem with your anger probably what you need to do here is just start working on being quick to listen 
If you've got an anger problem, you just need to start praying every day and asking, God, help me to be quick to listen. Help me take time and be slow to speak. Help me, God, to be slow to become angry because there are people in your life that need you. So, why don't you guys come on back up? So let's just ask the really painful question really quick. Don't, don't get ready. Don't, don't, don't do too much. Don't, don't put all your stuff away just yet. Let's just ask the really painful and hard question. <laughs> I don't even want to ask it. What does your tongue say about you? I'm asking myself, what does my tongue say about me? About who I am? About what really resides down in me? If we played every recording, a recording of every conversation that you've had this past week, what would be discovered about you? What would be residing in your heart? What would it show? <laughs> the reality is, is that God hears all of it. He already knows. Our tongues display who we are. So which direction is your tongue leading you? I meet people, and you probably do too, I meet people that say, oh man, I'm just so sick. I'm just sick all the time. And my body is just sick. I can't breathe. It's Austin. There'll be seasons where you can't breathe, everybody. Just relax. I can't breathe. I'm just sick. My body feels bad. I can't sleep. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I meet other people that say, man, my life is just getting tougher and tougher. Like just... Just every day seems like work is so bad and everything is terrible and so hard. Oh, my marriage is just awful and my wife, oh, she's the worst. And my kids, what little nightmares they are. And so really, I have conversations like this with people. And what spills out of them is all this negativity, all this stuff. I don't know what's happened for that to be in there. But the good news is, is that today, Jesus can give you clean well. He can fill all that stuff out. You won't be able to do it on your own. You won't be able to get rid of it by yourself. You can't clean the well on your own. You need a new heart. And he can give it to you, and it's not hard. But all those people that communicate like that, what direction is their life headed? What direction are we headed when we say, oh, my kids are little terrors. They're just the worst. Oh, my marriage is just awful. I'm so sick of this. Oh, I'm just so sick. Oh, I just can never get healthy. Oh, I've got the worst job. My boss is the worst. Listen, I'm not, I'm not one of those that, that thinks you can just name and claim anything that you want. You just have to speak it and you get it. I'm not into that, but what I am into is this idea in James, that your tongue, it has the power of life and death and it directs the course of your life. And I want my life to go in a different direction. I wanna say, My job ain't perfect, but man, I'm thankful to have one. I want to say, whoo, I am working on my kids. And you know what? They're going to grow up to be godly men and women and make a difference in their generation. They're going to do it. Man, my marriage, it's, we're having some ups and downs, but you know what? Thank God he's working on us and he's going to lead us through. My tongue determines. It's a rudder that steers my life. Which direction do you want to go? So today, why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. The only way to get control of your tongue is to let Jesus have control of your heart.
That's it. So maybe today it's a moment for you where you just need to ask God for forgiveness. You need to say, God, I've allowed all the stuff in my life to come and fill me up and and all that negativity just kind of pours out of me. I, I, didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't see it. Man, I, I'm so sorry. I don't want any of that. Maybe you need to go and ask forgiveness from your wife, your husband, your extended family. Maybe you need to sit down with your kids this afternoon and say, you know what? You guys, daddy's been a little harsh. I've had some stresses at work. And you know what? I don't want to be that way. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. You mean the world to me. Right here in this moment, you can have a clean well. And you can start that process. So today, maybe you have a, an overactive tongue. It says too much, too many words, too many things going on. Maybe you've got a negative tongue. Maybe everything that spills out of you is just harsh and demeaning and critical and judgmental. Listen, I have no condemnation for you today. That's not my job. My job is to read the scriptures to you and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and work on you. So Holy Spirit, across this room, we are paying attention. Now would you speak to us and tell us what you want us to hear and what, what you need us to know. And just over the course of this room, would you just would you help us to realize where are we? What's inside? What needs to come out? Jesus, we confess all of that stuff to you. So help us. So maybe that's you and you just need to let that stuff out. Maybe pray a simple prayer like this and just say, God, I need your forgiveness. I've let all the negativity of my life, the experiences I've been through, the stuff that I consume, I've allowed all of that to get down and poison the well, and I don't want that. I want to be free and clean. I want to be positive. I want to share the good news with people. I want to take care of others. I want to grow my family and my friend base. I want to be that person. So would you forgive me for all of that? Would you come and fill up my well? Would you give me what the scripture said, a new heart today? Give me a new heart. Renew a new spirit in me. And clean me up today in Jesus' name. I believe in you. I surrender my life and my heart to you. And today I surrender my mouth to you. Thank you for giving me a clean start. The best way I know how today, I am giving you my life. And that includes my mouth. In Jesus' name. Now, God, would you do that work in us? Let's just pause here for a moment, everybody. Just allow him to do that in you. So good. All over the room, new hearts, new wells. It's a different day. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up. We receive you. We receive your life. We receive that new heart. We receive your Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. We receive you. Make me new. In Jesus' name.
Thanks again for being here with us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, we want to help. You can find everything you need online at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages on your favorite podcast player, and you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. We'll see you next time.